This time on TNT. Remember how greasy school buses were in the 80s? We talk about the difference between humor and generations. And Buddy from Street Sense has some hot tips for smart consumers. It's all coming up right now on TNT. The year, 1982. A young Jonathan Torrens was probably nine, just about ten when the school year started. My parents had split up and I had changed schools. So some of the time I was at my dad's house, some of the time I was at my mom's house. And for the first time ever, I had to take the bus to school in town from my dad's house. So the first day of school, I get on the bus, and guess what? You'll have to wait till the break to hear. <laughs> what? What? You got on the bus and what? I get on the bus. I walk okay. down the aisle. There's one seat available. Have I ever told you this? Well, I, 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 at this point, I'm not, I'm not recollecting it. Okay, there's one seat available. <laughs> The bus driver's going, sit down. I can't go till, till, he can't go till I sit down. Sit down. Come on, man, sit down. I don't know anyone on the bus. One seat available on the bus. All the kids have been on before me. There's one seat available on the bus, and it's next to a piece of human feces. No, a loaf? And I'm the new guy. There's a turd on the seat. Yeah, so, so do I like sit? A- Beside the turd and become the laughing stock, do I mumble to the driver, there's a piece of poo on the chair, do I uh, say I'm not sitting there, do I take a hard line, do I try to get someone else to sit there, like what's the move? What would you do? um, Well, I think I'd say there's a piece of of shit on my seat, (laughs) and maybe by saying that loud... It would cause enough of a stir that it's a good in, in a sense. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm sure someone in the, like, the can't, the whole bus can't be in on this. You so don't if think? you say that, no, like if, the, if that's the case, then you're in trouble anyway as a kid. If the whole class and school are on the bus are trying to mess with you. Well, see. You know, by, by, by saying there's a piece of shit on my seat here and it's the only seat. You might get some uh, supporters. Yeah, yeah, that's that's your early in. <laughs> yeah, that yes. Instead, what young if Jonathan you just Torrance, sit down beside it, you're kind of like, okay, that, I guess this is my hazing, and then you're really kind of asking for it. It's like going to jail, and then the first day they someone tells you to do something, you go right along with it instead of like going crazy. I and know, it was a test, and I failed. <laughs> yeah. Because if it was a test, like, obviously, the kids didn't know that the new guy's going to be getting on. Because it was, like, um, PEI, there were high school kids and junior high school kids and elementary school kids who happened to live far enough out of town. Like, it was a combo bus. So That's I'm so nine. Greasy. And everyone like, else about, is, like, 17. Think about the elevation of how disgusting that is. I know. What kind of, per- what kind of move that is. So we're dealing with... 
Absolute trash. Well, and over the years, in my mind, I've thought, well, was it pudding? Like, did someone like it was chocolate pudding, Claire? Like to yeah. to to make it look like it? But I I know pudding. Like I gotta say, back in the eighties, the the back of the bus might have been one of the most oh. reckless and dirty yeah. places in all yeah. of anywhere. Yeah, I know. Because I like I've heard the most disgusting stories about what's going on in the back couple seats. Like what? Well, I remember one time I heard from dirty a friend stuff? of mine. He said on the bus, and there was a a, a guy. Pounding a girl with a milk bag Whoa. as a condom. Oh, come on. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was not like how ready about, for that, Jelly. How about that kind of madness? I ha- Oh, my. <laughs> I have so many questions. Me, too. But it's like that's the kind of crazy stuff that was going on on the bus. <laughs> I called your bluff. I wasn't going to let you say just like I heard crazy stuff happen. I had to know if you had an example. And it turns out. Yeah. That's heinous. Like, like, you know, stinky farts or somebody, you know, throwing up. That's nothing compared to the the heinous violence and and crazy stuff going on in the back people getting in fights people getting beat up i will confess i was braced for like you know when people tap you on one shoulder and they are actually standing on the other side of you that's that's where my mind went like like dumb pranks i didn't know it was like no whoa no full-on craziness (laughs) wow so you imagine the circumstances that led to this uh, fecal matter being yeah. on the seat. That begs so many questions. But there was obviously a titter of laughter and judgment and, oh, man, what's he going to do? So I read it wrong, Jer. I I, I um, sat down beside it and my eyes brimmed with tears and I stared straight ahead and wanted the ride to be over as fast as possible and I didn't say anything because I thought that was the move. Like, well, you know I what? Guess also I'm not you shook. Ch- no, but you're also a young kid and shy enough to not want to make a scene and yeah. concern that, like, maybe that would, uh, like, you might get in trouble if you say something, you know what I mean? Yeah, plus I'm, yeah, exactly. I didn't want to sell anyone down the, the river. I was trying to look tough. When you're really young, there's there's no real looking tough part. <laughs> um, I uh, th- that's what I chose to do. There were also like people with beards and probably drinking <laughs> yeah. already, and that's just the girls. Oh, I know, I know, right? It's, it was crazy. Yeah, it was a different time. Um, so I I just tried to be cool, and I thought sitting next to a, pe- a turd was was cool. Um, but of course, there was nothing cool about it uh that was 1982 did people like say you did it afterwards like one of those moves i don't i don't even remember any fallout or like a, was there laughter or anything when you saw like, well, when i remember saw some you... titters and i remember mostly yeah. what i remember is my cheeks feeling hot and not wanting to cry because i knew that would be super no, not yeah. cool man 
Being a kid is tough. Being a kid is tough, and I I see this. In 1982, though, there was no, there was no, uh, there was no like, uh, I guess boundaries put in. It was just completely raw and unfiltered. Fend for yourself. Crazy prison yard antics. Yeah. Whenever you, you, especially back then when. Because back then, bus drivers used to yell at kids. Big time. Say, now bus drivers can't say anything to well, anybody. Well, I remember the bus driver pulling the bus over and coming back and like, get over here, like those things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You little yeah, frigger. Bus- <laughs> Couldn't do that anymore. Or, you know, breaking up a fight now, they just they barely look in the mirror yeah. of the bus. Let it ride. But it's, it's much more police now. But man, yeah, it was... Uh, I remember always just like laughing at my older sibling stories of their bus rides a lot, like just of what, how crazy. Today on the bus ride home, right? Or like they're get, you know, if they were getting bullied, that's when it would happen the most, right? Right, scared to get on the bus. Remember, like I'm gonna kick your ass after school. (laughs) You better watch out. I'm gonna kick your ass after school. That's terrifying. (laughs) Yeah. I remember that one time for real, like a kid said that I'm going to beat you up after school and I went to where I was going to be and they didn't show up. So I was like, oh, good. It was just a bunch of BS because I obviously didn't want to fight, but I went there. Um, A lot of the time, those kids were just like talking out of their ass. Well, here's the thing is uh, we've come a long way and, and arguably too far to the other end of the pendulum where we're maybe too soft and don't let kids fend for themselves and figure out like you win some you lose some and kind of the great lessons of life but in the in those days like okay everyone get a partner and if you were left out it was mortifying these days most places the teacher would be apt to put people in partners so that no one has to feel that but i remember i was a super happy kid but i remember moments of deep embarrassment and shame and aloneness maybe kids nowadays have that too maybe it's just different they do yeah it's still out there i can sense it with my kids of like uh that there are cliques of people and there are people that stay together and politely ignore people yeah it's not maybe in your face as much but it still happens a lot for sure because all it is is ignorance right it's it's stemmed out of an ignorance in either the kid's household or wherever they're getting it from, uh, with all the, you know, the kids that are like, well, you're making fun of a kid because they have an old phone or clothing, or you know, that type of person. Like, that's definitely thriving still with your uh, reality-based lifestyle shows, you know what I mean? Like, everyone looks perfect all the time. Yeah. So there's a big element of that crap that still exists and just kind of... Oh, yeah, that is real. That pressure is real. Yeah. I've been doing... Um, uh, Chad McPherson is the name of Suge's principal. And he's like, man, these poor kids. Uh, it's been like such a disappointing couple of years. Uh, do you think we could come up with something fun for them? So I've been doing the uh, uh, Colchester County Junior High School Trivia Challenge every Friday. And every Friday it's a different grade. Nice. So two grade six classes against each other, um, three grade seven classes against each other. And it's trivia questions out of 15. The first thing that he said was, don't make the questions too easy. So not like what color is a blue boat, 
but more like uh, how many acres is Victoria Park in town? Like like questions that you might not know. You might um, also want the approximations aren't bad. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So questions that um, uh, kids from all different backgrounds would know: how many cylinders in a V eight engine? Name a type of motor oil. Um, who does Nathan McKinnon play for? Uh, what? Yeah. Who's the vice president of the United States? So. One kid's not going to run the table. It's going to be something that everyone in the class can kind of contribute to. Um, Have you ever thrown out like a halfway through like, okay, who farted? Well, I'm doing it virtually, so I haven't had, I haven't experienced <laughs> no, that like, yet. No, but that's it from the Zoom is even funnier if kids in the class. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, I should. I'll try that this it's, Friday it's with the grade so, eights. It's so, it's so cheesy, but it's like if you throw it in after a while, and yeah. it's like... Might have been from the back of the room. But this is... just creeped up here. This is the interesting thing about kids, and and it um, it's heartening and it's sweet. You realize that uh, the prize is as um, so far undefined, but the winning class in each round is going to get, I don't know, a Subway or pizza or garlic fingers or donuts or s- some type of prize. <laughs> But there yeah. are there are boundaries with allergies and this clean eating sure. principles and, and and all this stuff. So trying to find something fun. The reason I share this is because even without knowing what the prize is, the eruption that goes up when I say seven two, that's absolutely right. The name of that horse is some beach somewhere. They're like yeah. Like kids are kids are wired up. to find the joy and be fired up and and be psyched. It doesn't take well, much. Well, look at our our shows. People get crazy for uh, vintage magnets for the vintage bottle yeah, yeah, caps. Yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> I gotta get some more of those. They're the best giveaways ever. It's An true. OV bottle cap for your fridge. But sometimes when you think like, man, it's so different being a kid nowadays, it's not yeah. really. Like the, the technology part is obviously different, but they still think the same and want to be together. And like it's, it is very much the same as different as it is. And that I find really heartwarming and sweet. Yeah. Haven't done Have the you- grade eights and nines yet. <laughs> Maybe by then it'll be like too cool I- for school. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, sometimes I feel like if I were to talk to some kids, they look at me like, get out of my face. Right. <laughs> like, I'm really concerned about that vibe because you just see it with, when you're, like, if I drop off my kids at the high school. It's like if I'm trying to, con- if I were to try to c- connect with a group of them, like, man. That's a hard sell right there. Do they like? Do you have to drop them off a block away and stuff, or do they think? No, you're no, cool? not a, no, not at all. But I'm just saying, kids are uh, like. Even Annalise was saying to me, like, it, you know, your generation, like, there's humor that 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 Annalise thinks is funny, and she knows that I won't get it. And if I do get it, I'm just lying. Like what? <laughs> like cer- certain like memes or she she showed me this video with music where it was a dog fate like a dog's butt and then the dog turns around and the dog's staring at the screen and the music <laughs> is kind of w- 
wacky <laughs> and, and she's dying laughing every time it happens and i'm like wait i don't get it at all and she's like yeah i know well at least you're you know at least you're admitting that you don't think it's funny well it's is that a generational hilarious. thing or is that a sense of humor thing she's saying there's a type of humor in every generation that is almost impossible for the other generation mm. to understand and that especially when it's separated uh, you know like a couple generations right right there's just it's like uh you kind of have to be a kid to get it in a sense and sometimes it's so it's just something random or something silly that just like so it's almost like i get it when you're a kid and you're you see older people saying they like certain things and you're like that they're just saying that to try and look like they're hip and young and it makes them look old like the dad move right yeah <laughs> so and i'm saying it's it's out there so as a parent you kind of gotta be it's a slippery slope on when you when you laugh with the kids I, just try to be honest right um but, uh, yeah annalise is really into humor though like she loves uh watching television shows with humor and and jokes and likes to to look up jokes and talk about jokes. So I, I, uh, it's just interesting that perspective, like a light went on in my head. I was like, yeah, that makes sense that when you're a young kid, um, there's, there's obviously things that you get because your experience is completely different. Wait a minute. Jokes. Brand new stuff. (laughs) Well, this type of jokes. Well, Suge and I were going for a drive in town yesterday and she was like, "Can I do you want to play rate the song?" So she sometimes will play a song, and I rate it out of ten. And I was like, "Yeah, let's go song for song." And I was like, uh, "Playing here's a stone song, uh, here's a hip song, here's a, the police song." Like trying to uh, get uh, my um, uh, licks in while I can, as far as exposing her to like kind of the history of rock and different sounds of things. And uh, it's yeah. never occurred to me before that of course you could do that with humor too like i know we've talked about showing them some of the uh old movies and stuff and they really dig it um but of course have you tried showing like sctv or any of that stuff yeah it it plays like some of the the definitely john candy or certain things that that's i don't my point wasn't that like a cla- what's funny and really classically funny will always be funny definitely but the fact that like i think the music and that thing that my daughter showed me was on a kids game that you had to be a kid to play to understand like someone dying and that's the music for that thing dying so it translates to humor in this meme you know mm. what i mean I would be lying to say I think I get it 100%. <laughs> so that's what I mean. Just there's certain things about youth humor that don't doesn't connect and shouldn't connect because it's kind of part of the that perspective and that community or whatever. Right. So um, in terms of what's funny, yeah, like it's different. But I think it's different for me personally what's funny now to 20 years ago, you know? Um, some stuff doesn't hold up, but it, it's more to do with me being older. Like, it's, it's funnier when I was 20 when I didn't have all that experience, but now that I'm 40 and I've done a, a X, Y, Z a million times, 
it's not funny as much. <laughs> I know? kind of find it inspiring when people find the ability to be funny in different mediums. Like when Vine came out. And certain people just totally cracked the nut of how to be funny in six seconds. Like, yeah. it, it's like writing a, a short story. It's a very specific knack. But I've watched... For sure. I've watched the TikToks. I, I totally get it. I like when there's a trend and everybody uses the same piece of music and does the, the same uh, dance to it or, or um, like, as a well, joke to a structure. Point, to a point, though. Like, sometimes it's the whole thing... Five million. It's exactly the same thing. So what you're seeing is like just someone recreating the exact bit. Yeah. So you know what I mean? It's yeah, yeah. I don't take those. Yeah. Because that's a thing too, where it's like people are famous for just copying to the T something that just happened. It's bizarre. And we'll just take a little break there. And we're back after that little weird, weird break there. We had. uh, that was a, a, a snip of time. That a little break We always let, what was it, two days ago? Yeah, it was two days ago, and it's a different mic, and a lot has happened in these two days. <laughs> but you know what? I'm glad it happened, because I exactly. have things to share, as you probably do, too. For sure. So uh, you, you, uh, you, you want to start with uh, yeah. s- some tales of purchase? Yes, yes, I do. Um, I want to <laughs> share this information with all the buds. Because it's not often that uh, you come across something as a consumer that you're like, wait, I think that worked in my favor. But when uh, circumstances are unique, as they are in this very moment, sometimes there's opportunity. Like, you know, after the economic downturn, a lot of people lost their homes and uh, it was a really sad time. Some opportunistic people were like, what if I bought a bunch of houses for really cheap? And then they went way up in value and they did really well. So this isn't as uh, vulturey and opportunistic. It's just kind of a win for the little guy. Okay. So our car, there, let, let me start with the headline. There is a serious shortage of decent used cars. Yeah, so I've heard first, that. So the first inkling we had of this was a dealer that uh, we have a car leased from uh, that's a year old. They called and said, would you like a brand new version of your car for the same payment, no penalty? And we currently have like 50,000 kilometers on it. And you're conditioned to be like, wait, car industry is kind of greasy. What's going on here? But this gentleman explained there's a shortage of good used cars. So they are being proactive and contacting customers to say, hey, do you want to re-up? Like to just try to get things going. Like we'll sell some new cars, used cars. Yeah, that happened with me with with the Audi. They keep calling me trying to buy it. So what did you do? I'm whole. I'm I'm like no way. I love it so no. But everyone's like, oh, it's a good year for it, and they uh, there's certain things that ended or whatever after the time, and the warranty's really good on it. Yeah. So, so yeah. So you did that. Well, you, so you swapped out or well, what? Well, no, we haven't. We haven't oh, okay. yet. But this was the first inkling that, wait a sec, things are weird in the car universe. So the second thing is, yeah. we have another vehicle. We have a lot of things on wheels, partially because of our trailer business. We need heavy trucks to pull the trailers, etc. Mm-hmm. And they're a necessary evil. They don't make money. You just kind of have to have them. 
Um, so ideally, the vehicles that we have would do double duty. One is they pull a trailer. Two is we can use it for our family when it's not rented. Mm -hmm. um, so we have another vehicle that is uh, the lease is up at the end of May. So we were hoping to go away this winter. So I contacted the dealer in December and said, I know there's a shortage of used cars. If I turned it in early, is there any chance like we could strike a thing where like I kind of don't pay the last five months of my lease or something because you guys are desperate for cars and is there any way this would work out? And the guy right away was like, yeah, of course. I don't see why that wouldn't work. Um, just stop in. We'll have a look at it. Very agreeable. Sounded very easy. Then life happened. I got busy. Didn't get uh, back in there to show him. Um, so my bad. Uh, mm -hmm. But it's just been sitting there. That's the first part. The second yeah. part is I find a vehicle this week. We're building some new trailers for rolling. Um, need some trucks to haul them. I find a truck that I really like in Moncton. So um, I engage the gentleman. He's like, oh, actually, darn it. Someone else spoke for it last night. Alas, that fell through. So suddenly I'm in play on this truck that was a good price and exactly what you want. Couple years old, low kilometers. Someone else broke it in, basically. Um, so I told him, uh, you know, he said, do you want to do cash or financing? I was like, well, I'd be curious to know what the financing thing looks like. Um, so he said, uh, okay, we'll just do a credit check. And I said, just so you know, we have these two vehicles that we've leased because the lease payments are right off. A car payment is not. Um, but, but the lease is up and the guy said we could turn it in with no penalty. And the guy I was talking to was like, yeah, I bet he did. I was like, what do you mean? He said, well, again, there's such a shortage of good used cars in many cases um, dealers will pay more than your payout to get your car. Mm -hmm. So uh, he said, I, I would suggest you find out what your payout is and then kind of see what people are willing to give you for it. So wow. I was like, well, wait a sec. So could, is there a universe in which we sort of trade this car in on that truck? Like the car doesn't do much for us, the truck is something we need. Like, is, does that help or is that just complicated? And he was like, well, what do you have for a car? So I told him, long story slightly longer, <laughs> that they paid us more for our leased car to buy it outright. Um, so much more, in fact, that there was enough for a down payment on this truck as an overage. Wow. A significant down payment. So, so not a bad move. Not so a bad people move. people out it, there, think it, about it. It was the kind of thing that when, when I heard it, it was like, wait a sec, sorry. I'll use fictitious figures. But let's say our buyout for our car was 15. And they're like, yeah. we will give you 23 for it. Like, wait. <laughs> That's the difference. What? No way. Man. So it's, it's, we're so not conditioned to assume that it's a seller's market for cars. It's always yeah. a buyer's market. Do I have that? No, I have that backwards. It's always the seller's market. Car mm -hmm. dealerships always like the administration fees and all this stuff. Alas, if you have a decent used car, this is a good opportunity, whether it's one year old or five years old, to re-up, uh, sell it, uh, trade it, whatever, because they are open to listening and hearing in ways that they never have been. Love it. So that was thing number one. 
Thing number two <laughs> is, as you know, I uh, I love the real estate. It's kind of uh, my Sudaku. It's my Wordle. It's how I spend my time, like kind of, hey, I wonder what it would be like to have a townhouse in Akron, Ohio. Spend time on Redfin and Zillow. Um, if I get 100 emails a day, 92 of them are from real estate agents or markets or auto searches or whatever. Yeah. So we started toying with the idea of if we could buy something somewhere, where would we potentially look? So we started to think of like, well, it'd be nice to, you know, maybe down the road, have a place in a warmer climate, Arizona or California or somewhere like that. And there are still deals to be had, like kind of under 300 in some of these places for a nice place. And the strategy being, if you buy it early enough, you can kind of set it and forget it, rent it out. And then in 10, 15 years, maybe you're ready to spend a few months a year there. Yeah. Um, so always kind of thinking of what the possibilities are. Don't get me wrong. It's not like we have a huge amount of disposable income that we're like, I think Palm Beach. Like, it, it's not oh, like man. that. We're just kind of looking. I, well, I'm seeing that around my neighborhood. Like, there's a couple there's a couple houses, like, around me. There's definitely, they're on vacation or whatever. They're, like, they're probably, but it's like a month. Yeah. And this last month has been like 20, 20 below the whole time. So I'm really envious of that idea of like the timeshare move, like, you know, whatever you're spending uh, 1500 bucks a month for a place to keep, you know what I mean? That move where you go down there, it's just the, the idea of uh, taking a break from this winter just because it's been so cold. I see it's going on and I'm really envious. Well, I'll tell you how it started. <laughs> Jacob Tierney buddy of mine who uh, directs Letterkenny and plays Glenn on Letterkenny. When I was there working on Shorzy, he said a friend of his has a place in Palm Springs. It's not a big place. It's not a palace. It's a little place. But she rents it out for Coachella every year, a time you wouldn't want to be in town, and makes enough rent during that two weeks or whatever it is to let the place kind of carry itself for the rest of the year. Yeah. So I was like, man, that sounds nuts. So... Um, then I was sitting next to a guy on a plane who's kind of a, a businessy guy. And the move is, as we've talked about before, you take equity out of a house if you're lucky enough to have bought it uh, properly or at a good time and it went up in value. Maybe the bank will let you take some equity out of it. And then you use that equity as the down payment on a new place. So it's not even like a cash thing. It's just an administration thing. It's all kind of in the ether. Yeah. Um, so... If you're a Royal Bank of Canada customer, uh, Royal Bank has an American affiliate called RBC, and I think it's the only Canadian bank with an American affiliate that they will use your Canadian credit score, credit rating, credit history towards being able to approve you in the United States. So if you're an RBC guy, yeah, yeah, it's kind of great. There's sort of an open door, cross-border like, yeah, sure, we'll count your... Uh, cottage in uh, Lake whatever. As I wonder if, so you're saying that's the only bank that does it in America? I think that's the only bank Amer bank in America with a Canadian affiliate, like with that arrangement. You can find yeah. lenders in the States who will approve you, but if you're banking like I wonder, on your Canadian equity and like, credit, that's the only yeah. one. Yeah, like you see Scotiabank everywhere in a lot of 
Central American com- like in uh, Costa Rica, there's tons of Scotia banks. Oh, I wonder really? if they do that down down there. Interesting. Like the same, if you had a mortgage for a pad down there, your Canadian credit would give you the the go ahead. I, I wonder if that's the case. Interesting. It's the same. Yeah. Well, I I know that um, I know that that it's true of RBC and and. Uh, I remember someone saying, are you an RBC person? And I, and I am. And they were like, oh, that's great because they have this arrangement. And I think it's the only one. So I'm sharing secondhand information. But yeah. so as you know, we have a place in Nashville. It's not ostentatious. It's 600 square feet. <laughs> we bought it uh, probably four years ago now. It's gone up in value. Yeah. And so I was like, well, I wonder if we have enough equity in that place to kind of use as a down payment on another place. Um, oh. I'm really sharing here um and again these are small minute like i'm not dealing in million dollar properties i'm dealing in under three like like small little guys um so it's nickel and dime it's the nickel and dime approach it is yeah it's good so so i called the or you're there and everywhere emailing with the (laughs) bank guy well because being an actor and being a drummer is like up down up down nothing for 10 months super busy for three months nothing for four months so you like things that are kind of slow and steady. For um, sure. So this is the second in my consumer kind of buddy from Street Sense hot tips. I was emailing with the guy uh, at RBC Bank, and he was like, yeah, um, hmm, we typically only allow uh, three mortgages. Um, what's your relationship with us? So... I could have said, oh, okay, no problem, because I have a house in Halifax that I bought when I moved back from L.A., the house that we live in, and this little place in Nashville. So technically, that's, I'm, I'm maxed out. Mm-hmm. But I thought I was riding high after the whole car thing, so I wrote him back and was like, we have <laughs> our RESPs there, a uh, little investment thing. We have a line of credit. Um, uh, mortgages are Your small, crypto. Small Get bank. Get your crypto going there. With, uh, our small business is with RBC. Uh, we have a mortgage through that. Um, we have, you know, X, Y, Z been there for 20 years. And my last sentence was, but you know what? It's a really competitive market out there. And maybe it wouldn't hurt to make a relationship with a different lender. Mm-hmm. And he wrote back, you know what? Given your unique circumstance, I think we could probably find a way to make an exception. So it there was just... It was just, I, I'm sharing it because I don't. You're on a roll. I don't always get these wins. <laughs> yeah, but, but you're, you're, you're surfing on a wave right now. I know, but I wasn't, I wasn't jerky about it. I wasn't like, come on, man, I have all this stuff. I was like, oh, interesting. I bet someone else wouldn't mind having our business. Yeah. It just, it just makes you, uh, it's a good reminder that you should always ask. Right? How's your how crypto, much have we bro? paid in? Yeah, how's terrible. your crypto? How, yeah. Is the crypto? How's Are you your bringing crypto? me back down to earth? <laughs> yeah, right. Is yeah. it not doing good? No, it's terrible. <laughs> but like everything, it's the long game. I'm glad no, I only no. dipped a toe in the water. She. All, all the. All the crypto bros are like, dude, it's time to buy. And they're just like firing it all in. I know. They're going and then, like, even the, harder. And then the Warren Buffett guys are like just going to gas it up and then Stop. really let it rip. Stop. Like if I saw some deal where a, an athlete wanted their contract in Bitcoin 
And at the time, no. yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it was like uh, 600,000 was the deal and he wanted it in, in Bitcoin or whatever. And then uh, that huge crash happened where it was at 66,000. So he was probably making tons of money. And then it went from 66,000 to 30,000. No. So it tur- his bonus or whatever at that the time, it was like 200 grand is like what it comes up in like six months. Man. <laughs> I mean, like, you can't mess around with that stuff, man. I know it's 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 like Christopher Plummer and uh, Sound of Music. All the kids got one percent. He got his five thousand dollar fee in full and up front. Yeah, for sure. To give me the money, I don't care. Yeah. I want my nineteen sixty four five thousand dollars, please. <laughs> Well, and that's that. These NFT things are the same thing, like those apes that people have that like are worth Paris like Hilton's three, apes, three hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I don't get or whatever. There's some of them are millions of dollars. But what happens is, like one of these ape people, like the board yacht apes or whatever, the club that that is the most popular or whatever, they all get like a celebrity. They'll give them one and just talk about it. And that's when it becomes worth something. Otherwise, it's like that. You know what I mean? That so they get it, and then they're pimping it on the air to try and make well, dough. Yeah, of course, Elon Musk is like, "Oh, you better buy this one real quick." So a bunch oh, of man. little masks are like, "Oh, okay, he said so, so we should." Then they do, yeah. and then he's like, "Please!" <laughs> like uh, the the Jimmy Fallon and Paris Hilton. Which was the most cringy thing I've ever seen on TV in my life. It was terrible. They they, uh, they talked about their apes on the show, right? And then that then they got in trouble because it's like a conflict of interest if you're like doing that to to make money on something set completely different from the show, right? Oh, interesting. So standards and practices at the network was like, yeah, you can't be doing yeah, that. Exactly, for sure. Especially if they gave them to them to talk about, right? Yeah. Right gross it's so gross and it's literally just a jpeg of something and it's like no you own it because you have this magic receipt i don't understand (laughs) how a virtual (laughs) thing like how i know like athletes last year like i don't know for example like bryson dechambeau the golfer made an nft and and it was just literally like a 3d with a signature on it thing and it sold for like, I don't know, 20 grand or 30 grand or something. But like, what about now? Do you think it's gone up to 300? No, it's worthless. I know. You know but who's going to buy that? This is the, it's the promise that brings people coming <laughs> yeah, back. It is. Like, it's, it's an IOU is what it is, like a little letter. It's an IOU. But don't you think when 50 Cent invested in vitamin water, it was like, I don't know, it's water with vitamins. Okay. <laughs> Like, why did that work? <laughs> well, it was... But what a digital do you mean? Ape, like, like I can't even say that with a straight face. <laughs> what, the apes? Yeah, digital ape. Yeah, it's an ape with a page boy cap. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah I, right? Okay. Like it's, check out this cool ape. How with much was it? 480000 Cool. Gold teeth. 
Cool. That's a starter home in Middle Sackville. Yeah. It's pretty greasy. It is. Very greasy. Yeah. I just Disgusting. don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. So are you saying you're not in the crypto? <laughs> yeah, definitely This guy's not. argument was probably like- not, but what if? And, and I like a what if question. <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. I like the problem totally. something. But I think you just don't don't go too hard in the paint. <laughs> you can, yeah, exactly. It's like gambling. Use money that you like it's okay if you lose it. Yes. Don't be like I'm trying to make money quick. Cuz if you want to make money fast, like buy a house somewhere. That's the quickest way to make money and it's actually if you don't if you have money, you should be doing it cuz it's gonna you make more money that way than sitting in a bank. My father-in-law says he has some classic gems, some classic business gems. One is don't buy junk, sell junk. Yeah, that's true. So true. That's a um, good one. And another one is uh like if it's working, go hard at it. So it's yeah. better to do two or three things that are actually working than sort of do 10 or 11. And that's no, something I'm right. guilty yeah. of sometimes because I get excited and I want to do things I've never done before. And, um, you know, it's fun. But the yeah. truth is, because he uses the expression, buy yourself a job, as I've told you before, where, like, I could buy a small motel on PEI, um, but do I, it, it's a romantic notion, but is that how, is that how my uh, skills are best served? No, no, I wouldn't be good at that. I'm not handy enough. Yeah. Um, I'm too restless. Um, for someone, that's a great gig. It's not for me. So I have yeah, to- Yeah, you put, have to be that person that's like fixes everything all the time. Yeah, and if I want to leave at 6 and someone texts and says, sorry, we missed the ferry, we're not going to be there till 9.40, like, that's the gig. Yeah. I don't want to sit there for three hours and 40 minutes um, cursing someone under my breath. So it, yeah. it's important to, um, if it's working, go hard. That's it. That's all. Yeah. No, that's good. Hey, so speaking of, uh, well, going back to, this might be the most classic uh, Lisa Kijiji move or Lisa auction purchase. Speaking of, <laughs> we got, if it's working, go hard. Yeah, we got we. She found this this neuro spa. It's called, and she's like, "This thing's crazy." And looked and started uh, researching it online, and even to, went to the point to calling the the company just to see what it was. <clears throat> and it's basically a chair with a you, you lie in it and there's like a this one is a they call it the the i don't know business version or something because it's got a cover on the top like a dome that comes over your head and mid midsection but what it is is this uh technology that uh they use vibrations uh waves and sonic waves uh and you wear uh headphones and so there's ear your ears are getting it your eye like these waves are coming from this like whatever technology and it it creates uh 
like stability in your mind and that it kind of all of a sudden takes you away. It's kind of like a plug-in meditation in a sense. Because if you go in anyway, so Lisa's found this thing on uh, on an auction, and and uh, the price of these things are like are like twelve grand for for one of these things. I feel like I so, I feel like I need you to to start again. It's a chair. Yeah, a chair. Well, it's it's a chair that where you're lying on it. Okay, so like a but like I, a I just, recliner, like a lazy boy kind. Yeah, of? I'm trying to picture it. It's a, yeah, you you're lying down. And your 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 feet are kind of going up a little bit. Okay. See, so it's kind of like a hammock, but it's stable. You know what I mean? Um, and so, do you hook things up to yourself, or or it no. it vibrates? Like, what is yeah. the sensation? You're on like a pads, and it vibrates, and kind of around your body, like from and. Uh, once you get used to it, you feel that vibration like from head to toe and your fingertips. Huh. But anyway, uh, so she f- saw it on the auction and obviously we got it. But um, I-, I just wanted to, because I figured it was going to go for like, you know, seven, eight thousand dollars or something like that. But uh, she she ended up getting it for just over a thousand bucks. Come on. Yeah. I guess because it's so weird and it's hard to kind of explain. And it was on there for like a week. And uh, she did a lot of research in that time. So so it's a, anyway. a neuro spa. Yeah, a and neuro spa. And what do you spa. feel like after you stand up? Well, when you go in it, you lie in there. And it just kind of feels like you're in uh, uh, just like a like a tube or an orb or some kind of comfortable uh, space. <laughs> and uh, it, once it starts, the, the, there's sounds. And uh, so it's a sonic kind of waves are happening as well as, as, as whatever the, the physical waves of the, through the vibrations. And whatever, I don't know what the hell te- the technology is, but you you feel these kind of uh, waves go with everything. And then, uh, so there's different modes. There's like uh, morning mode to wake you up. And there's a go to sleep mode before bed. And there's like, there's even like a dental mode if you've had work done on your teeth. What? To kind of like relax those muscles specifically to ease the pain. It's really good for arthritis. It's really good for back pain. It's any any kind of chronic pain, and also mental uh, stress. It's unbelievable. So I mean, is when there... you go in this thing, it's like you just—they uh, have them at like t- Twitter and Facebook and all those t- Google in their little kind of zones where you get yourself sorted or whatever, like in their uh, social areas. So it it makes sense that the they're using it because when you get in there, it just kind of, it, it's almost like you feel like you've had a night's sleep, the amount of energy that you have. So is it like a, um, something you do once a day or once a week or when you need it? Yeah, like you, what is the recommended you're not suppo- you're, Yeah, you're not supposed to do it more than once or twice, I think, a, a day. And uh, so it's sort of like morning and then night 
or if you're going to do it in the day, maybe just one time in the afternoon or whatever. But uh, yeah, it's it. <laughs> to, I've done it for the last week or whatever, and it's just really nice. It's really amazing. John and all the kids are doing it. <laughs> John was doing it yesterday because he had like a little sore hand, and he said it. You know, it was not you know. Uh, and he said he felt a, a difference, you know. I, I've noticed, like, if from drumming or whatever, if my shoulders are a little tense, like, it's better right away. Is it so something that you crazy. leave out in the middle of the living room all the time, or does it slip under the bed when you're not using it? Like, how big is it? Yeah, it's 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 kind of, you have to put it together. So we, uh, right now, it's in our dining, like, beside the dining room, living room area. So we have it there just so it's easy to use, but we could bring it up in our bedroom. There'd be space for that. But yeah, you have to, it just sits there and it's pretty big. Yeah. Um, but man, love find a good Kijiji find. <laughs> well, uh, auction. Yeah. But what a, yeah, man, this thing is like, obviously would never have bought it. Like $12,000 is definitely something that's not going to happen. For, yeah. When you don't really know what it what it's supposed to be but to to get it and and try it out it's kind of like having it, it's a good name for a spa because it really feel you feel like you're mentally in a better place instantly so that's something that you can't put a price on if Heck you think no. about it did they ship yeah. it to you no we went and picked it up and it's like it was just a small box and the hood thing that covers you was is big but it's light Wait, there's so a hood not, thing? Yeah, like when you lie down, there's there's a cover, like a dome. So you're in the dark. Oh my gosh, use, that goes over use, you. Yeah, so you and they use that light, like so there's light. The lights are always changing and it's there's this little painting on it, so it looks like a horizon or Like do or you feel like you're in first class on Virgin Atlantic? For sure, definitely. Yeah. Like a yeah. night flight to uh, uh, somewhere in Germany. Yeah, like you gotta try it when you come here. You'll check, try it. You gotta. It's one of those things that you gotta check it out because it's it it works. I'm into it. Yeah, it's not something you you know. They have uh, one without the dome. I guess like you can buy. I don't know if it what the I guess it's like ten grand or something. Yeah, what are you basic? You need the dome. I don't know what the hell. You gotta get the dome though. <laughs> um. So, wh are is it one auction site that she spends her time on, or or she goes? There's all. There's a bunch of them. Right. And it's and through the pandemic, it's been a huge way for people to to make money. So you're seeing a lot of people starting to try to do it, or like you've we've used a couple that were crappy and you can tell it wasn't organized properly or sometimes you have ones where their their reserve prices are basically store prices so yeah. it's like forget it you know so uh yeah there's good like 404 auctions is a good one 404 but, yeah i love the i love the concept of value and often in real estate which is the reference point that i uh have the most or have the most knowledge in people associate emotional value of their home it's where my kids grew up man it's where i got that promotion um yeah. they, they put that value on their home but value is such a simple concept something is only worth what someone else is willing to pay for it 
And it doesn't yep. matter if it's a house or a cartoon ape math. The old man, the ape. Right? Yeah. Well, and we and sometimes you'd get ding. Like we bought a set of knives and uh, they were what we thought. They were like $3,000 set of knives for a couple, like a hundred bucks or something. But, um, and we, but, you know, when we got them, looking at them, I think they're fake, but they're still the best knives I've ever used. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we kind of, we didn't pay that much for them, but we probably paid what a, fa a fake set would be. But they're still the sharpest, most crazy knives I've ever used. Right. Sometimes you get burnt, though. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, like, I, I bought the George Foreman Outdoor Grill. Which is basically a frying pan that you plug in on your deck. It doesn't taste like such oh, a no. dumb idea. Does it knock out the fat though? Uh, well, I don't. It's like all the convenience, inconvenience of cooking outdoors with none of the delicious barbecue taste. It, it, remember that. Remember that's how they sold it at the beginning. Like you. It's not as, like, it's more healthy because of this fat dripping off the bottom. Yeah. Like, it's such a, that was such a terrible lie. Well, it did. It, it, <laughs> I had the indoor grill as well. Yeah, but remember they would show, like, this steak was cooked in a pan. This steak was cooked in the, on the foreman. This, the calories are, like, half. Right. Remember? <laughs> Right, and Nick Nolte would hold up the steak that was cooked in a pan, and Brad Pitt would hold up the steak that was cooked in the George Foreman grill. And yeah, it's just, it shows how strong the foreman was as a salesman. Advertising. Just hey, there's one of those deals where he's like, you know what? Don't pay me a salary, just give me a cut of the, cut of the piece of the product, right? Well. So he ended up making like $40 million a year on it? Yeah, the the um, the grill came out and landed with a thud and sat on shelves and no one would buy yeah. it. And George Foreman was a pitchman looking for a product. And when they married them, it took off. But for yeah. a while, I don't know if still, but for a while, he was the highest paid yeah. like celebrity <laughs> yeah, endorser, everything. period. Well, he was like making more than the biggest athletes yeah. because of that. Yeah, he was making $30 million when eight was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like Oprah money, like that kind of money. Yeah, Oprah money. <laughs> what could, if someone offered you a lot of money to like be the spokesperson for the neuro spa? Could you? Would you be comfortable doing that? Being the face of the spa, yeah. sure. <laughs> Hell yeah! If it's this easy sell and it's obvious. What if someone offered you a whack of dough? to be the spokesperson for a product you did not think worked. <laughs> I, I couldn't do it. No way. Like, Jared will it give would, you $2.8 million, or, or worse than well, your work, like uh, the, yeah. the dumbest if product. It's, if it's so stupid, I think I would do it just because, like, everyone sees it would realize, yeah, I would do that too. <laughs> you, right. you know what I mean? Like, if it's something bad, it's actually almost... Funny, verge, like, like verging on the Andy Kaufman vibes. You You're know what I mean? You're blinking in Morse code <laughs> to the camera. Like when Andy Kaufman was working in that delicatessen as a, like a dishwasher yeah, right, server. A <laughs> but he did the shift, right? He was there like for a year or something. Right. 
are working his ass off. To, so writers and directors would be like, wait a second, was that Andy Kaufman? He just took my place. Yeah. And that was that was where the bit really was playing. Like, man, that's hardcore doing eight hour shift. I know as a bit. <laughs> like that's really strong, isn't it? It's commitment, man. I, I don't have that kind of commitment. <laughs> Just this piece like no I'm like I wonder if he was like if are you Andy Kaufman if he said yeah or not. Or if, you know what I mean? I, I haven't heard anything about that. If he would cop to it? Yeah, because it would be kind of funny if he was like, yeah, I am, of course. My guess <laughs> like it's is even, no. <laughs> either way. Like I heard a, a, a writer once told me, a, like a journalist, I was doing an interview and afterwards, it was around the time that Andy Kaufman movie came out. And he... Uh, he told me he told me that he went and saw an Andy Kaufman comedy set once in New York and uh it might have been LA or I'm not sure but he it was like him on stage and the place was packed and he starts with like 909 or like 9999 bottles of beer on the wall 9999 no. bottles. yes <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't stop and people were booing and yelling and screaming after like fucking 20 minutes oh. 30 so I, everybody was left so the one guy that this writer he's like i gotta see if he does the whole thing and did he, he? Said there, he said there was no one there and he did it. He ended it, went off stage, come back on, and then did a whole set like a regular all his fucking hits with no one there. <laughs> I like. So, I'm torn. I, I kind of admire. It's like, it's like Norm's. Was it the roast yeah. of Bob Saget? Yeah. Like I guess Where it's, what becomes funny about it is his level of commitment to it. Because yeah. the jokes in and of themselves are not funny. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to bomb. And that's the, that's the joke. I'm going to bomb because it's funny. <laughs> yeah, they're just like so lukewarm jokes where they're like, is that even a joke? Right. You know what I mean? They're actually quite crafted, crafty. And maybe, <laughs> maybe it's funny for Bob and Norm. Yes. Yeah, but not even probably. Yeah. Like it just to the commitment put egg is, on your is face. fearless and funny, I guess. But you you can't help but second guess. Like to, that must feel awful to bomb on purpose. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe it probably not. feels good. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it feels worse to bomb by accident. <laughs> it was, I was I saw a clip of Norm the other day on Instagram, and he was like, he said some. Uh, you know, a friend of mine, uh, I was, you know, he said I realized I was gaining a bunch of weight, and I, and I said, "Well, I, I'm, I want to be a fat guy," and the guy, the guy's like, "Well, that's not funny. That's actually alarming." <laughs> and he goes, "Shut up! I think it's funny. I'm the comedian." <laughs> You don't tell me what's not funny. <laughs> 
<laughs> he's like, I want to be a huge fat guy. And I think it's funny. And he's like, it's not funny, it's alarming. He's like, I'll tell you what's funny on the comic. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like he, he does that all the time rebel's going crazy i don't know what's going on also just fearless <laughs> yeah for sure man hey by the way we had a, a dog trainer here for the last couple of days um, yeah joy hurt herself early in life and she had a back injury so we weren't able to train her on some simple uh, basic social graces so she was kind of injured through that uh, critical period. So we kind of um, wanted to just uh, double back and shore up some of her behaviors. Like she's mm -hmm. a little jumpy sometimes. It's all um, love and affection and uh, she likes to party. She's not mean at all. Um, but just like walking on a leash, like that, that, that kind of stuff. So the guy yeah. who came, his name is Evan Doggett. And uh, his <laughs> company, that's his real last name. <laughs> And his company is called Doggett Style. And he <laughs> no has, yeah, And he has uh, created, he basically, I don't think, I'm telling tales out of school, he's part dog. So, like, he comes in the door and gets down on his knees and Happy and Joy are like, oh, what's up, man? No. Oh. Um, and he uh, kind of takes a whole approach to uh, your relationship with your pet, which includes um, health and food and, uh, you know, um, uh, making sure that they don't get hurt and making sure that you're not enabling them and, and all the stuff. And, um, what he said so many interesting things, but one of the most interesting things he said was people will get like a big guard dog, for example. And then when they bark, when someone comes to the door, they're like, shut up. <laughs> yeah right and he's like what you got a guard dog the dog is yeah. doing exactly what the wikipedia description of this dog <laughs> breed would say it does yeah so why are you like stop doing that it's really yeah. interesting that's true um yeah yeah they're trying to help right that they think that's their job they're trying to help yo and someone's here <laughs> like anything it, it's as simple as uh so his suggestion was you say, hey, Joy, thanks for um, key, uh, keeping an eye out for us, but now come over here and look at this. Yeah. So you're kind of acknowledging it, rewarding her, thanking her, and then moving on. Yeah. Hey, my girls just walked in the door, bud. Yeah, yeah, no problem. I, uh, I got to go anyway because Rebel's uh, causing a stir. Perfect. Good chatting, bud. Have a great day, bud. You too, bud. Talk to you later. <laughs>